Hello, this is Jack Thurston. Uh, this is The Bike Show, although it's not a normal bike show because it's not a bike show from the FM broadcast on Resonance FM. This is a podcast-only special edition uh, because the Bicycle Film Festival is coming to town and that is one of the highlights of the cycling calendar in any city and especially in London where the Bicycle Film Festival is here for its fourth year. I uh, went up to Bicycle Film Festival headquarters and caught up with Laura Fletcher who is the Bicycle Film Festival's ambassador to London and she's been doing all the promotion and organisation. I started by asking her how it was all going with only four days to go before the opening night. It's going very well. A um, week to go and everything has fallen into place wonderfully and we're looking forward to a great year. I don't think there are many people who don't know what the Bicycle Film Festival is but in case there are can you just give us a quick snapshot? The Bicycle Film Festival is a worldwide festival that happens every year in 17 cities around the world surrounding films about bikes, films about bicycle culture, parties, art shows, uh, bike polo and roller racing for this year in London. And it's an entire four days dedicated to bikes. And this year it's bigger and better than any other year so far. It's the fifth year, is it, or the fourth? Fourth year, fourth year in London. Okay, and you're at the Barbican, which is a proper Premier League cinema. Yes, we are, and it's absolutely amazing. We are looking forward to actually having it at the cinema. All the other events that will be going on at the Barbican this week, that weekend will complement it beautifully, and I think it will be a great way for the audience to grow and really get our message out to the world. So you're taking on both of the screens... We're taking on alternate screens. There's only one screening at any given time as we don't want there to be any conflicts. And we always really want everybody that's there to see it to be in the same theater as well. We don't like to split theaters as it's more about the community than anything else. And how many screenings are there? In total, there are seven screenings starting on Wednesday and going until Saturday night. Okay, well, some of the highlights. Um, I've had a look at a little press um, DVD and one of the films that interested me because I think it was really current and it was documenting a an event that was in the last year which makes it pretty relevant to this year's Bicycle Film Festival is a uh, film called Orange Bikes Take Manhattan and let's hear a little clip from that. They put up all over the city these bikes that were like spray painted orange that you really couldn't even ride they were locked up the first one I saw, I did, for some reason, the DKNY logo wasn't on there. So I really did think that it was something beyond marketing. I thought it was an art project. I thought it was something extraordinary. It was only until we saw them uptown uh, during Fashion Week and we, we actually saw the store with the logo and with the bikes inside the store did we make the connection. For the most part, people were extremely angry. 
these these bikes don't belong to you guys. No, there was abandoned. There was they're not abandoned. The chains, the chains. No, when the we city. saw them, they were not chains. All right, so all right, chained. so you don't know whose bike this is. No, yeah. Good, let's go. No, we're taking the bike. I didn't think about the backlash the first time I saw it. I just thought, wow, they really co-opted this idea well, from a marketing standpoint, completely, not from a you know messenger biker. Whether DKNY wanted it or not, this created a huge stir. I can see the meeting where there's a bunch of suits and someone's like, I've got it. Orange bikes, neon orange bikes, all over the city. Explore the city. Explore the city. And During Fashion Week. Yeah, like, well, oh, such a splash. I can understand why the, the, the blogs went, went, went crazy with it, yeah. I mean, these are people who, they're in fashion. I mean, they, they follow trends, they keep abreast of the latest developments in culture and music and design and the arts, you would think that at least one person would know about the whole white bike. The similarity to the Ghost Bike uh, Memorial Project was pretty blatant. Well, ghost bikes are monochromatically painted bikes that are placed as memorials to cyclists who've been killed um, in New York traffic. There are at least 16 people who are very active with our group and everyone had a different opinion on it. We don't know if it was based on ghost bikes. We don't know where that came from. We basically took the white ghost bike, you know, the memorials to the, to the people who've died and painted them orange, which Donna Karen has used in a lot of their advertising in the past. You take something like a, like a bike frame, you know, a, a built-up bike, and once you, once you spray paint the whole thing bright orange and you slap your logo on it and you abandon it somewhere, it ceases to be a bike. Well, this is clutter. This is garbage. This is what a billboard does. That was a clip from Orange Bikes Take Manhattan. What do you like about that film, Laura? This film is actually really relevant this year because of how much focus has come in with bicycles in the fashion world. We have all of these designers out here making bikes. There's a Chanel bike, a Paul Smith bike. It really is becoming something that's been picked up on by a very commercial fashion world. And this year, in New York, DKNY created an ad campaign based around bicycles. And in that, they rendered about 600 bikes completely useless by spray painting them and chaining them up around the city. And then put in all of their windows, you know, go buy bike. And there was a huge revolt against I mean, it was a spectacular own goal, wasn't it, by DKNY? Yeah. They didn't comment or speak to the filmmakers, but has there been any reaction from Donna Karen about the film? There actually has not been any reaction from Donna Karen about the film yet. Um, she has slightly ignored it. But it is a really interesting look on how the culture, how cycling and how cyclists take to something like that. It has been a huge change for a lot of people that have been riding for a very long time that all of a sudden what they were doing has become very, very popular. And some initiatives are very, very positive and some initiatives don't quite succeed and I think this is a really interesting look on something that hasn't quite been explored before. So that's a short film which is screening on the, uh, the first screening, isn't it? It's the first public screening, yes. So that's alongside a handful of other short films. Uh, anything on that programme that you found particularly enjoyable? This program is stock full of great films. Uh, What's a Girl to Do, which is the Bat for Lashes video from the UK, is absolutely hysterical. The film Jim's Lines about artist Jim Denovan is absolutely beautiful. He's an artist who makes land art, large-scale installations on his bicycle. It's not art about a bicycle, but he uses his bicycle as the tool and medium to make the art. It's a very interesting and beautiful portrait of it. So a lot of people, when they go to the cinema, will go to see 
kind of a feature, you know, one film. The idea of going to see 16 or 12 or 8 short films is a little bit odd to anyone but the kind of hardcore festival crowd who go to, you know, the, the, the mainstream film festivals. What's it like to watch 10 films in an hour and a half? It can be really interesting. It's It really is a little bit for everybody and there are definitely films that some people like more than others so it really is a huge mix but you get to see so much and see clips from all over the world and really get the global feel of the cycling community with all these short films in one. But when I went to one of the programs I found it an amazingly exhilarating experience basically just being constantly bombarded with these really condensed refined films. Sometimes you see a film and you think like a half hour film and you think oh that could be three minutes or that could be four minutes if they really worked at distilling it down and that's something that Brent has said when he's come on the bike show in the past is that his advice to filmmakers submitting works to the bike film festival is to make them short. That is definitely true the shorter films they really are powerful it really gets it in gets the message out in two to four minutes we've had some that are as short as 30 seconds and they're still lovely little pieces um and it, yep, the more, the shorter, the more full-on it is and the more you get to see and experience. So. Another film which has grabbed my attention, which is also a film from this year from America, although very much about a European subject, is a film called Road to Roubaix. And it's a film, a documentary film, about the uh, Paris-Roubaix uh, one-day classic, The Hell of the North, which, which is the subject of probably the greatest ever film about cycle racing. A Sunday in Hell, the film by the Danish director, um, Jorgen Lee. That was an ambitious subject for these guys to take on, wasn't it? It is a very ambitious subject. It, it is extremely hard to fill the shoes of the greatest known cycling film ever made. They did a wonderful job. It is different than it was in the 70s when the original was made. And it does shed a modern light on the sport. The thing about the Paris-Roubaix is that it is really viewed as the most epic and tragic and beautiful. It's the most romanticized race out there and there's so much depth to the stories that can be told with it that it's another beautiful film about it. And so that's premiering, that's getting its UK premiere on, um, on the Friday, 3rd of October, right? But it's sold out. Yes, it is sold out. It's sold out a few weeks ago, unfortunately. We are adding a screening on, on the Sunday afternoon at the Horse Hospital. All the details of that are online. Um, it's a small theatre, but for those that didn't get tickets in time, we've added a screening on for a Sunday afternoon. Well, let's hear a little clip from uh, the trailer for Road to Roubaix. It's a race like it was 100 years ago. Had nothing changed. The roads are still the same. Still bike riding on, on cobblestones, and that makes it unique. so much history behind it. Uh, that's probably one of the only races that I knew of when I was a child growing up. It's absolutely out of control. I mean, guys slipping and sliding everywhere, crashes. It doesn't look like a bike race. Field 200 riders, 22 teams, and at least 25 nationalities. All the best riders are there. One of the five big classics in the world, so it's a very special if you can win a Paris-Roubaix, well then, I think your career is made. 
the messenger night. What's that got in store? The messenger screenings are two more screenings. Well, it's two of the same screening as it's so popular that we have to do two screenings of it. Um, of more short films from around the world. There isn't one extra long feature in that of any sort. Um, the helmet cam footage, the alley cat footage, and a few other films that have happened from around the world. There's some footage of the Cycle Messenger World Championships this year, and bootleg sessions. There's, it's quite a funny, quite a raucous screening. Is it more of the same, or are the filmmakers taking that technique to a kind of new level? Some of the filmmakers really have become quite good in their own right. Lucas Brunel, who's been doing this for years, has just been putting a helmet cam on and racing around and following riders. Is at a point now where his films are absolutely stunning. He's become an expert at really getting out there and capturing the feel of the race. It is really different, actually, than when you look at professional footage of from somebody on a motorcycle shooting the Tour de France. This is really, you feel the movement in his films, and it is a very very unique way of shooting it. So Now, a great highlight of previous bicycle film festivals is the films that are contributed, submitted by the Nystadt brothers. And they've got a new one out, right? They worked with Tom Sachs this year on Waffle Bike, which is a film where Tom Sachs, who's a very established artist, has created this bicycle, so you'll have to just see it, really. And he rides it all the way to, to Brooklyn from Manhattan. It weighs probably about 10 times what a normal bike would and has some electronic parts of it. And it's really, it's a wait and see the actual bike thing. Waffle Bike is a fully weaponized, mobile waffle-making machine, complete with a call-to-prayer public address system. This is Waffle Bike's maiden voyage from the island of Manhattan to the borough of Brooklyn in search of the pair of chickens that will lay the eggs that are essential to the waffle batter's mixture. Waffle Bike measures 10 feet long and is 8 feet 8 inches high at its tallest point atop the Norwegian flag that adorns its public address system. At its widest point, while in motion, the waffle bike measures 2 feet 5 and 1 quarter inches along its handlebars, narrow enough to navigate even the tightest city streets. It has yeah. a chicken inside, right? It does have I mean, a live hen. It does have a live hen inside, amongst various other things, and they worked on him with that. Um, it's... It's a collaboration between them. It isn't the same typical Neistat Brothers film, but it is still very good. So. And were there any uh, submissions from real amateur filmmakers that have made it in this year? There are some, and I would like to not mention which ones we would say are real amateur filmmakers, as their films hold up very well and compare with the professionally made films, so we leave them all in the same so you're very much still open to the bicycle community to go out and make films because these days it's really cheap to buy a uh, little uh, camcorder and you can edit a film on a laptop pretty much. Yes, we definitely encourage people as much as they can to go out and make films and submit them. It's an open submission every year. Um, I would really push to have more films from the UK in it at all times. Most of the films do come from America as that's where the film festival started and I would love to have more UK presence at the festival and I know there's so many talented filmmakers and cyclists and artists here in London. That... Well one thing that does seem to play quite 
uh, prominently in this year's programme, which is not surprising really, is films about track racing, which is, I guess, U- the UK's current sporting speciality um, after the Beijing Olympics with all that enormous haul of, of gold medals. And there's a couple of um, really kind of impressive visually films about, um, about uh, the Team Sprint um, in 2007, a film called Standing Start, uh, and then also a film about uh, the six-day races, which is obviously pretty core to the, the whole idea of track racing. Yes, there, there are those two films. There's also a film called Kieran, which is in the Saturday night screenings. The six-day bicycle races is actually a really interesting portrait as it's, it was shot around the American history of the six-day bicycle races, which I don't think is really that prominent here and because we still have so many amazing velodromes and places to go see six-day races in Europe. It's, it is a very similar background, though, too, and it's a very nice portrait of how these things sort of cross continents. Standing Start is another film that was made in the UK um, by Finley Pretzel, who is part of Scottish Documentary Institute. Well, those are just a few films from the uh, programme of films this year, but the Bicycle Film Festival is not just about going to the cinema, is it? No, the Bicycle Film Festival is what we now describe as an itinerant carnival full of events based around bicycles. Um, this year we'll have, there's parties every single night of the festival. First one is the Bikes Rock Party, infamous for music and just all around good time. That's at Jaguar Shoes on Thursday night. Friday night we'll be doing a roller race with the guys from Rollapalooza. That's at the Carhartt Warehouse. So we're doing a great partnership with some interesting brands there. Um, Saturday we have just another party with DJs brought to you by the guys from Tour de Ville and on Sunday we have a bike polo tournament which is going to be another phenomenal event. We have about 24 teams registered so far and bike polo is polo on bikes. And this is quite interesting bike polo because the old school Hurlingham club people are apparently entering a team aren't they because there's a little bit of a uh, rivalry between the hardcore players and the grasscore players. How's that going to work? How are they going to square off together? Well, they, they have come out to some tournaments before, and it's usually, it's a bit competitive, but good-natured. There is a dichotomy between the sort of East London hardcore messenger polo players and the people that have using, been using bike polo to train for actual polo for a long time. But it is, it is fun, and they don't... Who's better? We'll see what happens on Sunday. <laughs> uh, we also have a team of, of actual professional horse polo players coming that have never played on bikes before, so that will be interesting. Well, very, very diplomatic there, Laura Fletcher, as befits the ambassador um, of the Bicycle Film Festival to the great city of London. Well, I hope your cold gets better in the next few days and you'll be fighting fit for the festival, which comes to London starting on Wednesday night. Wednesday night is our press and preview night, so the public launches on Thursday. Now you come up closer. I was talking there with Laura Fletcher about the Bicycle Film Festival and do not fear if you don't live in London because it's quite possible that the Bicycle Film Festival will be coming to a city near you over the next uh, three months for the rest of the year. The festival's going to be in Vienna, Zurich, Paris, Sydney, Melbourne, 
Milan and Portland between now and the end of December before returning back to New York for the 2009 edition, which uh, is usually towards the end of May. So uh, plenty of chances to see some fantastic films. Now, one of the things that makes the Bicycle Film Festival what it is, is its founding director, Mr. Brent Barber, who has, of course, been on the bike show a couple of times over the last few years. And at the opening screening of every edition of the Bicycle Film Festival, when the festival arrives in a new city, Brent heads up to the uh, screen and makes a short introduction, explaining what the thing's all about and um, introducing himself and encouraging everybody to have a good time. Our bike show correspondent in San Francisco went to the opening night there and recorded Brent's special message. So we're all going to pray, and let's do it. We can't make it being uptight, Lord. We've tried, and we've even reached the point where we could blow up everybody, including ourselves. We often lose our cool. Teach us how to get ourselves together. Teach us what it means to be free within ourselves and with each other, and let it all hang out. Let us feel with each other so that we may be able to communicate clearly, honestly, and in a spirit of naked mutual giving and receiving. Show us how to avoid escaping the forces of change and revolution, which might frighten us because they mean painful rebirth. Show us how to keep our cool so we can accept and participate in a far-out style of life. Amen. That was Bicycle Film Festival founding director Brent Barber addressing the faithful in San Francisco, or at least that's how I like to think it was. And that's all for this podcast-only special edition of The Bike Show. Normal service will be resumed with the FM broadcast on Monday evening featuring the special on molten bicycles. Until then, ride safely and enjoy the films.